Scum and Sneak Nation. Let's ride. <laughs> this is the Scum and Sneak show. No, this is the Scum <laughs> and Sneak <laughs> Fantasy Football <laughs> Show. <laughs> fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Too excited with that intro, but oh man, we're we're here. Next week is games, Sneak. I I I honestly at this point I cannot wait any longer. I need football. I need real games. Uh, but scum, what an intro. This is <laughs> we are just coming in just on the laughs and giggles right now, man, because we just are too excited. I just are too excited. This episode is gonna be the best yet. I can feel it in my bones. Yep, this is one where we prep for the LV Dynasty League that we have mentioned. This is the Power Rankings episode. So we're going to let the league know. We're going to let the listeners know where each team falls, who's trash, who's in the running for a title. And then, you know, as, again, just kind of rolling out to our regular in-season stuff, we do go over these ranks each week. So this could very well just match what we have in week one, but there still is time for people to make trades, make moves, try to get your roster looking a little better. I know there's still some sellers out there if you need depth. You know, I think all the stars are probably locked up on certain teams, but, you know, you got to really work the margins to make yourself better, to insulate yourself against, you know, injuries, whatever, whatever. So there's some movement to be had after today, potentially. But this is just, this is where we get into it with our league mates. That is, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. That is 100% true and correct and accurate. At this point, you know, we're going to see some ads and drops and some weird things out there that probably aren't going to make too much of a difference. And then probably either coming up into week one or right after week one is where we might see some some trades and some people thinking, oh, maybe my team wasn't what I thought it was. Right, right. Some reactions to whatever happened, yeah. Yeah, something going on there. But like you said, agree with you there. All the stars, all the mainstays, they're probably where they're going to be unless something wild and crazy comes into the pipe and someone decides to move off it. So that's why we move into this episode of the ranking. Teams are pretty much where they're going to be. We rank you guys starting into the year. And then as the weeks go on, as we all know, the ranks may change. They may not. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's uh, been a long time coming. Uh, we've been at this thing now for at least two months here. And I'm just – I'm ready to get into the episode, but I'm ready for football. We got a – you know, we saw a bunch of cuts going on today. We saw all the rosters getting trimmed down, which is always fun to see. So, yeah, that's uh, that's it. Enough further, enough. Of all that talk, no, with no further ado, let's uh, let's start this thing. Yeah, well, I, I like where you just mentioned because we are recording on cut day, so the NFL teams are getting down to their fifty-three man rosters. Still, some news to come out. I think like we're still seeing the official announcements from each team, but any major surprises that you've seen so far? Anything that's been like, wow, I can't believe this person got cut or this person made a team. Yeah, I can't believe my boy Tyler Batty just got cut like right before we jumped on this uh, 
call. I that was a big one. No running backs after Big Brian got shot. Well, you know, shout out to Big Brian. Glad he's okay and seems like he's going to make a pretty speedy recovery. Yeah, so that was a crazy story on Schefter's Instagram or whatever. Yeah, he brought Oreos in crutches. Yeah, so he's there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the baby one is weird because. Uh, what's his name? Gus Edwards is still on the pup, so he's missing four games. J.K. Dobbins avoided that, so I guess he's definitely coming back before week uh, five. But I think week one is still kind of in question. They did the Ravens, that is, did sign Kenyon Drake today, so I guess that's Beatty's roster spot. But, you know, you thought they would have gone in with a little more depth, especially. I don't think Gus Edwards counts toward that roster spot, does he? Since he's on the pup. No clue there. I think just, you know, I don't want to have a Tyler Batty 20 minute rant here. We definitely should. (laughs) I'm talking about just rookies that get drafted, whether you're a seventh rounder, fifth rounder, sixth round, whatever it may be. It is, I guess you're, you're already getting cut. You don't even, are you like just not good enough to, you're just not good enough. It just always kind of strikes me weird that you get drafted and then you get cut. Why didn't you get drafted at all? But I guess that's not the point. I mean, the point is to get everybody into the room and then move from there, regardless of what level you were drafted at. I guess I, I kind of agree with you though, like especially like a fifth rounder, like that's still pretty. It's not high, but I mean, you're still in at least a, a good pool of players at that point. So those are like surprising to me. But yeah, I guess the sixth, seventh round guys, I would always, I always figured that. They were cheaper options than, you know, some other vet signings. But I guess if you can't play, even if it's a salary cap savings, you know, no point in keeping you around, I guess. Right. It's always always interesting seeing these names and, like, guys who have been uh, hopes for people before. You know, like, I saw J.J. Arcega-Whiteside got cut. So a name that we've said a lot, probably too much on this pod, but someone that Doug kept believing in and, you know, is probably now done the guy that you and I traded Tyler Johnson, who we thought would, would stick around in that bucks receiving room, but they're pretty deep. They signed Julio Jones and, you know, uh, in the off season. So there's, I don't even know what, remember what my point was. Cuts. We don't have points. We just talk <laughs> and we start talking about the most, inconsequential random players and things and then we just get reamed for it true rest in peace freddie swain from relevance yeah freddie swain marlon mack got cut out of houston apparently the texas just say damian pierce you are the only running back on this team so that's an interesting one because i've seen a lot of people being like oh damian pierce is now you know unquestionably the one and i was like wasn't he already like i don't marlon mack wasn't the thing holding me back from thinking Damian Pierce was the starter. Like that was a weird uh, thing that popped up after the Marlon Mack news went out. Right. Right. But at this point, who's it's, it's him and Rex Burkett and, and Rex Burkett's like super old. Oh, we would be remiss. You know, we haven't talked about any trades, but there was a trade just went through on the, in the league. It looks like Bud Light for Gooch gets, uh, Jordan Mason and a ninth from Ernie for a fifth in 23. Gooch going with his fandom, Eric selling at a probably decent value. I think 
I think he drafted Jordan Mason maybe in the fifth because I remember I was, I was eyeing Jordan Mason. So probably inconsequential, but you never know if Elijah Mitchell's hurt, if Jeff Wilson's hurt, Jordan Mason, you get some run. I think out of all the trades that happened this offseason, this is the most important one. I would agree, actually. Looking at it, just knowing that Gooch is such a Niners fan, it's probably the most important. The question is, can he get Tyrion Davis Price from whoever has him? I don't even know. Yeah, who does have him? Let's check. I mean, at this point, you might as well. Jim, oh, no shot. All of the run, the the running backs. I mean, maybe I should go and get one since I have zero. Summer of handcuffs. It's still it's still summer. We we do got a couple. I mean, is summer tech? I mean, not technically. You know, the calendar. I think what it is, September twentieth or something. Weird, yeah. Would you say summer ends after Labor Day? Sure, I can get behind that. Like, yeah. I, I kind of, that's how I kind of view it. You know, we're coming up on Labor Day weekend. Everyone's got at least a three-day weekend. I'm looking at a fiver. Yee, yee, yee. Uh, but yeah, I would say summer is coming to an end. I mean, ba- you know, summer comes to an end, Labor Day, and then you got football, and then you just feel like you want to get your, your cable knit sweater on and sit by the fire, right? Yep. I got my fall wreath already up. I got the, I got the cart online shopping cart full of cable knit sweaters already mm-hmm. not turtlenecks though don't you know i don't have a no. neck so i can't wear turtlenecks can't, can't do it we know we've done we've we've gone well down documented it to to the end and back you just can't do it unfortunately but anyway shink that's that's not here nor there let's get into the episode let's get to our nonsense minute because the one that we just did i'm scrapping on the fly because it was bad <laughs> And the world will never know what we actually talked about. Yeah. Just edit it so we're just talking about the world will never know what we just talked about. And then so everyone's like, what did you talk about? Oh, 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 scum, you're so dumb. Oh, scum, you're so dumb. Oh, 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 scum, you're so dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. Good thing I know how to how to chop and screw these episodes. <laughs> Got it. Check. Check. And action. So, Shanique, this week's nonsense minute is what it's it's not really nonsense because it's gonna be fantasy related. What is a big fantasy hot take that you have for this coming season? So this is something we did last year. We did a whole episode with Ernie on a few hot takes that we had. I want to revisit that. I want to get your biggest one for this year. Okay. Well, I really wanted to whittle it down to one. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to give you two. Okay. Julio Jones. Top 15 receiver goes into, the, goes into his retirement. They're not going to win. No, Bucks aren't going to the Super Bowl or anything like that. But he ends his career on a high statistical note. So where we're like, oh, yeah, we forget about the Titans. We forget about his last year or whatever, the Falcons. We forget about all that. And he just he, he finishes his career as the Julio Jones of old. 
you know, at least a thousand yards, 10 touchdowns, something just really, really fun so that we could all just appreciate what Julio has been for us for the past 11 years or whatever it is. Well, that's a big one. One, because Julio looked pretty washed in Tennessee. I do think that, like, look at last year, uh, up until Antonio Brown went crazy and just quit, he, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans were all fantasy relevant, and I think covering in that top 20 range, right? I mean, I don't remember exactly, but at least top 24, 28, right? Like, they were all viable, so mm-hmm. it's not out of the question. But is this on the back of, like, huge touchdown numbers for Julio? Is it just the Julio of old is back back and he's, you know, catching 90 balls. You said a thousand yards. I mean, I said a thousand yard, 10 touchdowns, but Julio ever had double digit touchdowns. (laughs) So maybe we'll all, I'll run that back, but let's go, let's go 90 catches, 1100 yards. Wow. Big year, big bounce back for Julio. He doesn't get hurt. He just, he's like, this is, this is my last hurrah. Uh, and Brady was just going to pepper him with targets, uh, especially early on. I mean, I don't know, maybe Godwin plays week one. Maybe he's fine. I haven't really kept up on that, but let's say he's not in, you know, for the first couple of weeks, at least Brady's going to lean. In my opinion, he would have to lean on Julio Jones to some extent. And then that will just kind of keep going on through the year. Uh, yeah, and I'm just going to stick with it. I'm not going to say the other one. I'm just going to say that wouldn't because, you know, nostalgia, a little nostalgia in me. You know, I think I drafted I drafted him our first year of this league. And, uh, you know, we've all – and some – a lot of us has had him on our team. We've all, you know, enjoyed watching his career. He's got to be at the end. So I'm just saying if you join Brady on the Bucks, he's going to just go out with a really nice statistical year. That is pretty pretty spicy. I did not expect that one. I expected something like Bateman top five or uh, Burks and London both top 20. Something with your team, but love that you gave Julio a shout out there. Yeah, I don't have too many high hopes for my team. I'm probably going to never play the right set of receivers all year. So, and they're yes. all rookies, basically. So uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a really rough sneak year. So we're just going to focus on um, how sneak used to be with Julio. I guess you better uh, trade one of those rookie receivers to uh, me. Yeah, I think we might have a trade out there for a running back. I think so. Anyway, ready for my hot take? It's probably yeah, not that spicy, here. actually. Give it to not, me nice and hot. It's not that out of the pot. It's not like that crazy. But my hot take is three rookies from the 2021 class will lead their positions in fantasy scoring. Jamar Chase will be the wide receiver one. Javante Williams will be the running back one. Kyle Pitts will be the tight end one. That's just got a little bit of a. It's got a little bit of heat to it. Not like you said. Not too much. Javante is the big one, I think. Right. That's yeah, the, that is. Yeah. So I think if if he gets a major workload and if that offense is humming and he scores like you know, double digit touchdowns, he's in the running for the one. And then 
I mean, I've made my all my arguments for Pitts, and as long as he gets volume and scores more touchdowns, he's in the running. And then Jamar Chase was what, like three last year? So I guess that one's not crazy. Okay, how about I change it from Jamar to uh, Bateman, wide receiver one? Bateman, the number one receiver. I yeah. like that. There you go. Is it spicy Everybody. now? Now we're in. Now we're in extreme heat territory. Now we're in. Now we're hitting the danger zone. I've weirdly bought into Lamar, not as like a strict passer, but just like he can have a successful offense. So I don't know. That's it. And it's just, it's Bateman and Andrews. That's it. So plenty of targets. And if he is good, like we think he is, well, you never know. You never know. So all of our listeners out there, hit us with some of your hot takes on what you're predicting coming up this season. Make them make them extreme, uh, and and we'll hold you to the fire. All right, Shane. Before we get too far into it, I wanted to share a little fact with you, a little tank fact about the tank in New York City. And the tank is a small Manhattan-based nonprofit arts presenter and producer serving emerging artists. So they give different artists a venue to showcase their stuff without charging them up the wazoo, right? Very philanthropic. Oh my gosh. I, Some of their... I can't believe we are still finding variations of tank things out there right now. I want to tell you a little more about the tank too, just because I think that it's important to let you know that some of their most recent like produced work, something that they've hosted, have been Taxlandia, or sorry, Taxilandia in 2021, Red Emma and the Mad Monk in 2018, and The Offending Gesture in 2016. Wow, that is some great tank information <laughs> that I will store in my brain and bring it up at the next party thank you all right i got a little bit of uh some tank facts and news for you uh did you know that tank girl is a british comic book character created by alan martin and was first appeared in print in 1988 in the british comics magazine i did know that they made a movie out of it too tank girl Oh, oh! So you're just a well versed on Tank Girl. It, it, movie came out in '95. Yeah, Ice T's in it. Oh, so maybe it's actually like a, a grade A movie that we should all watch. Grade Grade A is a uh, stretch. A girl is among the few survivors of a dystopian Earth. Riding a war tank, she fights against the tyranny of a mega corporation that dominates the remaining potable water. Water and power of the mega corporation government that runs the territory. While incarcerated at WP, Tank Girl and her new friend Jet Girl break out and steal a tank and a jet. After meeting some mutant kangaroo humans and rescuing her little (laughs) girl, the kangaroos and the girls kick water and power's butt. Yeah, I would say read the comic versus watch the movie, but. You know, mutant I mean, kangaroos. Of that movie was some of the best writing I've <laughs> ever read in my life, and I cannot wait to watch Tank Girl now. All right, next movie night. 
Anyway, take facts. Take facts. <coughs> oh no. <coughs> All right, we're off the rails. I'm, I have a cold. Everyone probably already noticed because my voice is even more nasally than normal, but. Freaking sick guy over there. We soldier on to an ad from one of our sponsors. Draft season is upon us. You may have already wrapped up your redraft leagues. You may have one coming up to celebrate Labor Day weekend. But regardless, to solidify your week one position to make sure you have your roster set, you need Juge Plus, the premier fantasy resource in all the land. You get rankings, you get projections, you get whatever else you want to ask for because I am a by request fantasy service. So you pay your subscription to Juge Plus, you say, hey, Juge Plus, I want this or that, and you get this or that. So for Labor Day, we've got a promotion running right now where if you subscribe to Juge Plus, you get that a la carte service, you get Juge Plus Max, which is what I think the movie service is called, and you get Juge Plus Reading Rainbow, the audiobook service, all wrapped up into one for Labor Day. Can't beat it. Not gonna live without it. Make sure you get your hands on it. Juice Plus. And we're back. I, for one, am a loyal Juice Plus subscriber, and I tell you guys, it is top-notch service advice and information. If you aren't already, a subscriber, you better get to it because the season's around the corner and you're going to need that information. Ooh-wee. Well, Snake, everyone's been waiting for it. We've been uh, dragging our feet long enough. Are you ready for the first set of power rankings for the 2022 LV Dynasty season? I am. This is going to set people on edge, set them off, make them happy, make them cry. Uh, but this is where we, we got to start somewhere and you can either go up or down or stay in the middle. It is up to you. So scum, the 2022 LV dynasty fantasy football league rankings are from bottom to top. Number 12 scum. Number 11, big T number 10, sneak guy. Number nine, Jimbo. At seven and eight, we have a tie between Jason and Doug. And then going into our playoff group, we've got Jesse at number six, Smith Ben 08 and number five, Wade at four, Gooch at three, Brendan at two, and then the reigning champion, Ernie Fritz, sits at number one. Mm. Man, it just felt good to listen to. It just came over me like a waterfall of cleansing. And it just was like, yes, here we are. It just made me feel nice and warm and safe and secure, knowing that the rankings are solidified going into week one. 
like you said, it felt really right just to be going down the list like that. Looking forward to doing it, what, 17 more times over the course of the next couple months? Exactly. Don't get discouraged. If you're at the bottom, you're at the top, you're in the middle, you're, you want to change, you better make yourself change. Get the rosters going, do whatever you need to do, because you're going to have plenty of opportunities to move your ranking around in the next four months. So big picture, Shanique, is there anything you want to talk about first, or should we just go into each team now and where they're slotted? We can go, we can go into each team. I will just make kind of like a blanket statement. I feel like as in years past, we kind of had a middle of the pack adjustment a lot where we kind of always would say, you know, that whether you're in that six through nine spot, it's very, you know, this, they're all basically the same. And it's really tight. I think Honestly, in my opinion, that bottom half, that me, you, T, Jim, and then probably whoever that tie between Doug and Jason or Jason and Jug, however you want to make it. (laughs) I think that is going to be a little bit more tighter and jostling around than the middle sections of years old, because that top, in my opinion, those top three guys, Ernie, Brendan, Gooch, however you want to, you know, we've got them where they are those they're staying put in my opinion we're staying put at the bottom the positions might jostle uh so i think the the can the 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 congestion is more so at the bottom than it has been in in years past like it's going to be really hard for the current playoff teams that we've got them ranked today one through six six through one it's gonna be really hard for i think those teams to get out of the playoff spot, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're they are a pretty strong group, and there would be a separation after Jesse, our sixth spot. But injuries happen, you know, things can change. And I do think like Doug and Jason, Jug and Dason, however you want to say it specifically, do have a shot to get in there. And maybe, you know, you, Jim or Tyler, like if things break really right and you make some moves, like it's not like there's no team that's like super devoid of talent. Each team at least has like a couple guys that are like, okay, they're, they're viable starters and they can produce week to week. Right. So it just, it just remains the fact that there are some teams that are more loaded at the top and deeper and actually have guys that they can play. So um, that's where the separation occurs. But again, injuries, trades, things can really change really fast in this league because we've seen that happen year over year. We'll start at the bottom with me. Oh, ah, that's a that's a change, huh? From change. years past. It's a big change. Uh, but when you look at your team. It's got still some nice pieces, which it kind of begs the question, are you deserved of being the top or the bottom guy? Trey Lance, you know, I know you're high on him. You have to be. You have to. But is he going to really be the guy? Or are they gonna, is he on a short leash? You've got one running back to speak of, Cream Hunt, who could be finding himself on a different team. you got young T. Higgins. I'm not a Hollywood Brown guy. I know you are. It'd be interesting to see how he shakes out in Arizona. Does he go become irrelevant once Hopkins comes back? Does he stay off in the stay out of off field 
problems to stay on the field. Uh, but so those are names. Those are good names to. Yeah, I got names. Fantasy, you know, fantasy realms. But can your team put together good enough weeks to even stay competitive against the bottom? Probably. Yeah. But yeah, you're at the bottom for the first time, if ever, if not, if not ever in a very long time. How do you feel about it? I oh, I don't like it. Let's be honest. But I made the decision, and I probably was a little rash in doing so. I probably could have waited it out, um, been a little more patient. But we are where we are at, and I hope that I can't compete with some of the other bottom teams. I'd like to really just be the clear. I just want to be a bottom and have the best lottery odds next year and take my shot. But I did make sure I grabbed some pieces that I was comfortable with to move forward uh, that I would want, you know, on teams in the next two, three years when I can hopefully be back. So that's it. Would like some of these other like deep bench flyers to turn into something just to get some interest, you know, from someone with like mid round picks just to really bolster that. But otherwise, you know, I cleared it all out. Took a hard dive to the bottom, but I have my first next year, and it's Bijan all the way. I know, I know, and you just you rest on the fact that you did what you did, whether it was hasty, whether it was too much, uh, but you just got to look towards next year. That's what I did last year. I got rid of everybody, and I was like, this is just going to be the year where you just keep your eyes on some, you know, random bubble players. Focus on next year. So you know, enjoy yourself down there. You're probably going to be there all year unless you have an upset and then we're just going to skyrocket you. But, you know, you'll you'll be fine down there. I'm down there with you. I'll be down there with you all year. See, the funny thing is, too, it's like you did the same thing last year, right? And all year didn't have barely anyone. You had Hunter Henry, Dak Prescott. That was it, right? No running backs. Um, Hunter Renfro was good, but you still didn't end up with the best lottery odds after making that full thing. Like you won too many games still. So that's, that's like the fear, right? Mm -hmm. Of being in this position where you can't go like bare bones and have nothing because then you're not going to be able to build up quickly. But are those few players, if they pop in the same week, is it enough? Like you said, to get you too many wins that you don't want. So that'd be the thing that we're watching for. We're all scummy this year. Yeah. And I think we're watching that, you know, we're just going to go up the list here. I think we're watching that same thing for everyone we're going to go through here from 12 to 8-ish. But we're going next to T, Big T. Big T. And I will say, I, I thought when I was making the ranks, like, after my team, there was a clear jump up in the next group of rosters, even though they are bad and purposely so. But there's still more depth and more talent on those ones even. so. I think we're going to see that as we run through it. But, yeah, Big T, number 11, uh, maybe some dispute with that amongst the audience. We'll see. But he's got Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, even after losing Devontae, should put up a decent season. He's got this year's, I don't know what you call it, like favorite to be a breakout in Gabe Davis. He's got DK Metcalf, who, despite the quarterback situation, can still, you know, produce, still at least absorb a lot of targets and potentially do something with it, right? And then he, compared to some of the other bottom teams, actually has a 
I don't know if you would call it respectable stable of running backs, but he's got a playable stable of running backs with Damian Pierce, James Cook, and Raheem Mostert, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I think playable is a good word there. We got rookies. They've got hype behind them. Damian Pierce, like we talked about, the the number one guy there. James Cook, I would imagine, will will put Moss out of there somewhere in Singletary in the future. And then, I mean, there has been some good talk, I think, of Rashad White with the Bucks. So, yeah, T is in a good spot to now kind of make his trudge up the ladder with some of the pieces that he has. Uh, I think I would, I think unless Aaron Rodgers gets himself a solid, which the Packers don't do this, so it's probably not going to happen, get himself another really good receiver. I'm worried on what the output Rodgers will do this year. Fantasy-wise, he'll probably be a great quarterback, probably still win a bunch of games. But fantasy-wise, I think his four touchdown, 300-yard games are over with with the crew he's got right now. So T is going to have to rely on those young running backs and all the other pieces that you said. He's got good enough pieces to now make a move as well as not going into, but next year he does have two first. So if the, if the running backs pan out, he goes into next year, maybe gets himself another running back or focuses on some young receivers and his team could be right back up there in the top for next year. Let's hope so for our guy. Now he was active today. He said he was picking up a couple guys here and there, so he's gearing up for the season. If Big T can do it, the former Alaskan nomad, everyone else can do it. That's right. Sneak, you are at number 10, and already a big jump from last year. And kind of, I guess, the opposite, or maybe not the opposite, but just like a pretty big difference from Tyler's team is he's got a playable group of running backs and you have you do not uh you went zero rb for your dynasty strategy which is commendable but you do have a lot of good young rookie receivers and like i predicted the wide receiver one overall in rashad bateman so pair them with Dak prescott who we talked about with hunter henry who's probably a touchdown uh, monster this year you'll have those weeks where all the receivers hit where Dak has a big game you could probably knock off a few of these other middle of the pack teams. Yeah, I like I kind of mentioned earlier, I'm probably not going to pick the right combination of my receivers throughout the year, but it really that is a moot point when you really look at my running backs. It is bad. In the past, we have talked about the Wades and the Bens and even the T's where they just don't have running backs. I am in the boat this year where I literally have no playable running backs at least week one. Maybe Ty Johnson gets a carry or a catch to give me like one point, but the running back situation is extremely dire, bad, rough, gross, scary, annoying, everything you can think of. Uh, I was, so I am 100% worried about that. Uh, and I think that's going to be downfall for me throughout the year to even try to beat some of these lower teams. I know last year I would get a random 12-pointer from Ty Johnson to kind of put me over with, you know, you know, give me some of those wins you mentioned where I kind of got too many. I think this year is going to be really tough, unless I just have some major big games from these receivers, you know, that make up for it, and maybe I can 
squeak out the one the one ten weeks and maybe you know get me a couple wins. But there really is not much else to talk about the team. I've got way too many quarterbacks. That's fine. I'm I'm, I'm into that right now. <laughs> Just waiting for Brandon to flip that switch to Superflex. Yeah. Do nothing, commit. Yeah, really nothing else to say there. I am. I like what I, I really like my team. I'm kind of like, okay. And I said this into the draft. I said, I'm going to get my receivers this year. And I got three first next year. I'm going to get my running backs next year. And then 24, I'll be, or 23, I'll be, 23 season, I'll be hopefully ready to compete for the, just like anybody else. So anyway, not much else to really say there other than I do have, uh, you know, some fun kick. Kickers, if anyone wants a kicker. I think, too, you more than me or Tyler, you're in a position to at least make some moves to get not like a star running back, but someone playable because you have so much depth at wide receiver, quarterback, and and even tight end. Like tight end's a mess of a landscape, right? But if there's a contending team that feels like they're close and Dawson Knox or Hunter Henry are having like, big years you could flip one of them maybe get a depth piece running back and really bolster that piece make your own kind of little mini run so i think you're equipped to at least you know help people out if they have a positional need whereas me and tyler don't have the depth to do that does that make sense gotcha yeah 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 even unlike you could if say you hit on all your rookie receivers from this year right like you said, you can't play all of them. So if someone's really if someone is really willing to pay up for a Drake London or something, then you know, you could listen to that and even out your roster a little bit. So I think that's why you're a little higher up in the rankings and also, like I said, just in a better position maybe to make some moves that are interesting and shake up the league a little more than the other bottom people. Always willing to listen to different trades out there. So if anyone has their eyes on any of my receivers and willing to give me, you know, a playable starting running back, all ears come correct. Next up, number nine, we've got Jimbo, the People's Commish. And his team is pretty interesting too. I like what he did at running back. He over the offseason got Aaron Jones and then and Miles Sanders, sorry. And then last year, he got Travis Etienne and Tony Pollard uh, towards the end of the year. So his running back crew is ready to compete this year. Like, that would be one of maybe not, like, a strongest in the league, but it's one that you can definitely play and definitely win weeks with. It's just everywhere else that he's kind of, like, low on. So he, again, if he makes a couple moves, gets some more receiver help or something, he could he could make some noise, I think, push for one of those last playoff spots. Or he just needs KJ Osborne and Nico Collins to pop and like become top 24 guys, and then he really is really is part of the conversation. Ah uh, yes, the people's commission. Like you said, love Pollard. Oh, he doesn't really have much of his team set up here. Yeah, he's He's not in a bad shape. Miles Sanders, ATN. He's really not in that bad of a position as we, as I at least maybe originally thought. And then for his future, yeah, he doesn't really have many future picks. So he's going to have to make do with what he has. Uh, like I said, love Aaron Jones. 
I mean, really stable running backs. Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Etienne. That's not bad. Hopefully, Miles Sanders, you know, still stays relevant in that offense. Uh, he'll probably be at this point playing uh, Baker Mayfield for at least, you know, that first six weeks or so. Appropriately ranked, in my opinion, with the possibility of having some upsets with that running back uh, group that he's got. Right. He's going to play three of them every week. And you mentioned Miles Sanders. and Like, maybe he's involved, maybe he's not. But Miles Sanders as, like, your fourth running back is pretty good. He's not relying on him to be his second every week, you know. So some depth there. And, yeah, if – if Zach Wilson has a big week, he's got his three running backs that will probably put up big numbers. He doesn't need too much to upset a lot of teams, you know. Time it with the big Marquez Valdez-Scantling week. Time it with, again, like I said, KJ Osborne or Nico Collins, maybe, like, they have potential because they've had – at least KJ Osborne has had big weeks in the past. So mm-hmm. there's, there's a little bit of juice there for Jim, I think. And we didn't even talk about Garrett Wilson, who we both love. Yeah, we hopefully, I think with, I guess with Flacco, he should be, should be okay with Flacco, but yeah, regardless, we would, we would hope that Garrett Wilson is, I mean, somewhat, regardless of who the quarterback is, he should get the targets, should get, you know, make a lot of good plays for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm still high on him, regardless of the Jets situation, quarterback situation. And if Zach Wilson comes back and is somewhat, you know, not that great and the Jets just suck, then we know he's got a good quarterback coming in next year, hopefully in the draft. And so Jimbo's really in a not as bad spot as he might think he is. Yeah, I think Jim's looking at it and he kind of knows that he can try to make a move or still hang back depending on how the season goes. So he's he's one that's really played that pretty well too, I think, since he's been in the league where he sells when you know he could, there's people who are going to be pushing for for a championship or a playoff run, and he'll hang back, um, absorb like value. Like I think one of the real savvy moves he did last year was trading Clyde Edwards Hilaire for Travis Etienne, and um, look where it set him up for now. Like we're talking about how good his running back core is, and we wouldn't be saying that if it was Clyde instead of ETN. So, yeah. yeah Jimbo has had his eyes on Dak. So, Jimbo, if you want Dak, uh, we can probably try to figure something out there. Mm, but okay. I think we also need to mention that he's sitting on five third-round picks next year. I think it's more than that, isn't it? Just super fun to see. No, it looks like he's got five and 23 third-rounders. Uh, just I love when people just stockpile picks in this in whatever round it is because then you just come near the whole thing. And it's, yeah, that's the best. Fun. Good job, Jimbo. Next, we have well, you can pick do we do uh Doug or do we do Jason because they were our tie right outside the playoffs? Let's do Jason. All right, Jason. New guy, new entrant to the league. Mm-hmm. Inherited a pretty good team, headlined by Justin Herbert, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams. But it's the it's the running back room that's really taken a hit since last year. 
I think that's why we have him ranked not in the playoffs because Damon Harris, Damian Harris is in a timeshare and could very well be usurped by the end of the year. Antonio Gibson seems to have lost his job. You know, maybe he hangs on to it a little bit now, a little bit longer, that is, since Brian Robinson was shot. But what was kind of a strength and a depth piece too with the Dolphins running backs too, mm-hmm. is now looking less and less like it's that viable, even though he's strong, uh, really strong at receiver. Really strong at receiver. Obviously, Justin Herbert's a star. Uh, maybe I'd like to see Antonia, you know, continue what he has done. I mean, he really hasn't been that bad for whatever reason that the Washington just hate him. But it's it's really outside of that. You got he's probably gonna be wondering who he should play all year between Ramondre and Damian Harris. Maybe he plays them both. If Deontay Johnson misses any time, Allen Robinson scoots up to that third receiver spot. He's got the flex open. I don't see maybe you know, I guess he could play Mooney in that spot. So what I'm trying to say is, Jason, you've got a lot of options on your team. Running back is weaker, but that's why you're in the middle of the pack here tied with Doug, is because you've got a pretty good team. Not not good, not great, but good. And with the hopes of that these running backs will will perform the very least what they have been performing in the past, you'll be fine. Now, if that doesn't happen, or if you do have an injury on that running back squad, you're going to be in the boat of people that just don't have running backs, and you might be forced to look at one of these receivers if you want to stay competitive. That's our, that's my advice. Take it, leave it, whatever. But that is why you're in this spot right now. Your first ranking spot by having taken over the South Dakota Buffalo Stampede. Uh, but when you do, like I said, kind of the same thing as Jimbo. You look down, got a lot of nice pieces, a lot of some really good pieces, but the holes are obvious and glaring. Uh, and it's just, we got to see. I mean, week one can be very telling. We've got yeah. Antonio going to Jacksonville. Not that bad, not that great of a defense. If Antonio can play well there, or even if we can see what the Patriots are going to do with their running backs. Is it a committee? Does Damian Harris stick with it? Or does Ramondre just blow him out of the water and become the starter? Who knows? But rest assured that your receivers are really good. I have sung Allen Robinson's praises all year. I think he's just a huge comeback character candidate for this year. Uh, yeah, tight end, shaky. Tight end, not not good, actually. Who you got on the back? Uh, he's got Janu, so tight end. Oh, you got Janu, and did you knew that you've got Janu? That's a little inside joke for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but and I, going back just a little bit, I had forgotten that he had Ramondre Stevenson as well. So if Damian Harris does falter, at least he's got that. Like, at least he's got the Patriots back. So a little less dire. But, again, it's not deep, um, especially compared to some of the other teams in the league. So, yeah, it's just there's – he could make a push. Definitely, like you mentioned, trading away maybe one of those receivers and getting another running back, or he could start to sell off and come back down to our level and, and see where some draft capital gets him. But he probably he probably should just make that trade now and look at those receivers and see who he would want to get out, get off, you know, go in there with a trade. Who would you trade out of his receivers right now? And who would you try to target for him if we wanted to really focus in on him? Give him a little bit of the limelight since this is his first rank 
Yeah. First time in the team um, um, within the league here. Well, he's trouble talking, or is it just me? What? Am I having trouble talking, or is it just me? I can't even get words out of my mouth. Your words are beautiful. I mean, I think the obvious ones, and he's put them on the trade block, are Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs. I think, though, that for some people, that they're just going to be too pricey. Like, he's not going to get – and Jacqueline's here with me, just saying so you know. <laughs> He's not going to get 2022 value uh, for those guys, most likely. So they're, they're hard to trade. But I would look at moving Allen Robinson, if I were him, a little bit – Younger than than Diggs and Adams, but still older on that timeline where you're like, okay, the the fall off might be coming sooner rather than later. So I think there's also a lot of people who are fans of his in this league and would pay a decent price for him, um, especially right now before we see what the split is between him and Cooper Cup. So I think that'd be a good piece. I uh, definitely would hold on to the younger guys he has, like uh, Darnell Mooney specifically. And Deontay Johnson, even though I think Deontay could be in for a situation change soon, but I would I would make those kind of my priority to hold and still keep his depth at running or sorry at wide receiver, and maybe sell one or two of the older guys who will produce, but flip them for a running back for this year if you can, or again towards the future. So those would be my targets, I guess, to to move. And if you're listening and you're not Jason then those would be guys I'd go after because they're probably gettable for those reasons and they would help you make a push this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Should we move on to Doug? Yeah, Doug, and it's funny, Doug's probably the inverse of Jason at this point. So if you put their teams together, they'd be like really strong and could compete uh, a lot better. But he is good and deep at running back, at least what I think with guys that will compete this year. His wide receivers are a big question mark, but he's also pretty set at uh, quarterback and maybe tight end, depending on what you feel about Waller. But with Derrick Henry, James Conner, Leonard Fournette, and Daryl Henderson still kicking, who I think will have valuable games this year. Like Doug is set at running back and could have like two in the top eight for sure with Fournette and Henry. It's just Christian Kirk. I have questions about even though he's probably the number one for Jacksonville. Debo likely doesn't repeat what he did last year, so there's just not a lot uh, of depth and and juice in the wide receiver room for Doug. Yeah, I like what I'm seeing with the running backs. I'm actually liking what I'm seeing that he still has A.J. Green on his team. That's just classic Doug, though. That's just... That's classic Doug right there. Just still got A.J. Green kicking the tires down there. Uh, I remember, I think, one of our first episodes three years ago, we were talking about how that's even possible. He still has A.J. Green. But here we are. Now he's like 35 years old. But, yeah, he's got – and he's got Friarmouth, don't forget. That will probably – I have a feeling Friarmouth will jump into that starting lineup over Waller pretty soon. Sure. I but yeah, the receivers got some questions, but the running backs are fairly solid. Get this production that he got out of them last year. I'm not a Kyler fan, but you can't deny the fact that he's young, he's electrifying, he runs, he's got a big arm, you know, and he's got some decent weapons. So again, that's why Doug is tied here in the middle. If if a team nothing happens, no injuries, and if he doesn't even make any moves, he'll be in the middle of the pack, which is probably acceptable to Doug at this point. Yeah, Doug will win plenty of games just based off of Derrick Henry if Derrick Henry doesn't get hurt. He's 
he averages like 25 points a game. So that's, that's so solid. And then everything else around him can just be like normal and he'll still, you know, beat half the league on a good day. And then can definitely like challenge some of those other guys with boom games from the rest of the roster. So I guess the same question that you gave me about Jason, I'm going to give you to Doug. If you were to move one of those running backs to try and get a receiver, who would it be? Who would be the one that you would try to move if you were Doug? If I was Doug, I'd be playing still for the win now scenario. I'd be like, I want to make the playoffs. I still want to be good here. I think my target would be Fournette. I would try to move Fournette out of there and maybe even go and look and let's just go to Dason's team. You know, maybe Fournette for Allen Robinson or Fournette for Deontay Johnson. You know, it's in my opinion, pretty fair, you know, trade right there. It helps both those teams. Uh, so if I were Doug and I would be saying, I still want to win. I don't want to give up on Henry. I think they're going to get a lot of touchdowns and still a lot of work in, in Arizona. I think Fournette's the one where, I think Fournette is is good. He got his contract. He's going to play. But if he, like, makes a lot of mental mistakes or doesn't perform, I think they're not going to mess around with trying to get somebody in there to to at least light the fire under Fournette. So if Doug were to make a move, I'd call Fournette being the one. I like that. And I like, what you, like the names you brought up. Like, I think that is pretty fair. Yeah, like everyone has different values of those guys, but it, it's close enough where you can make it work with picks or other pieces. So, yeah. Those two guys, though, Doug and Jason, Jug and Jason, they are definitely knocking on the door of this playoff group that we're going to get into next. Yeah. So things break right. Again, make some moves, hit some hit some uh, lottery tickets with, like, some of your bench guys or waiver pickups, and, you know, they're in this hollow ground that we're talking about, but let's start with number six, our our guy, the island native. We all know Chubb. There he is. Is one that's willing to make moves, willing to go for it, for good or for ill, but he's still in the mix, and his team, you know, has, it's got some of that old sneak flair, but it's also got the classic Hesse Raven stack, which I had as, I think, number three or four when we ranked our stacks, so I think Hesse will rack up plenty of wins this year. His team, if they all hit, has a good ceiling. Like if Godwin is back early and is back to form, if Phelan can stay healthy and is the touchdown monster that he has been when he plays, then Jesse's good. It's just if those guys aren't healthy, he doesn't have much behind him, which is why I think he's at the bottom of our playoff group. Is it just me or has, has Hesse been abnormally quiet this offseason uh, I think he's just biding his time. I think he's, I think he's waiting to erupt like a, like an island volcano, you know? I think he's just lying in the grass waiting to strike and just either, I don't know, he's usually a lot more active in the past. Uh, well, honestly, you want to know what it is? I think he's, uh, he's still mad because Jay got the big pot in a fantasy basketball dynasty. Uh, so that would make sense that he'd be hung up on Fantasy basketball. Dumb. But, Hesse, let's take a look at your team. Dalvin Elliott, love them. I will always love them. I'm coming around to Lamar Jackson this year because of Bat Bateman. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. So you might as well go and put Julio Jones in that starting lineup. So you just play all three. 
Actually, go ahead and put Julio and Russell Gage in there in your flex and just play all Bucks receivers week one. I dare you. If you're listening, if you you probably stopped listening a long time ago, but go ahead and listen to this episode. Put in all four Bucks receivers, your starting week one lineup. Do it, Jesse. Or let's see, or let me see here. Go ahead and play. Ty Chandler, Alexander Madison, and Isaiah Likely somehow. So all of your players have purple shirts on. I like that one. Go go uh, color theme. Color theme because you've got Jackson and Dalvin, purple, Thielen. I think you can make it work, Jesse. Either go all bucks or all purple shirts to start week one. Uh, no picks in next year to speak of. No picks in 24 to speak of. He doesn't have a first or a second until 25. Who knows what's going to be going on then. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of, it's, you can't count him out with the, with, you know, the, the core that he's got there. I, you know, Thielen's probably not going to be in that starting lineup too often. Yeah. But that's why you're, you could almost make the case that you could tie him up with, uh, Dason and, and Jug, but we're going to give Hesse the benefit of the doubt. Such a, such a nice guy that he's going to get into that six spot. Currently, week one playoff in our team. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you can definitely put him in that group uh, with those other guys. I think he gets the edge just because it seems a little more balanced. Like he's not like weak. he's not weak in any area per se. You tell him, Jacqueline. Tell him, Jacqueline. You know, he's got good guys at every position. At least maybe there's not depth there, but. His roster's not like lacking necessarily at any spot. So I think that's why you got the edge. But Hesse's always historically in this, you know, five to six range. I think I think if he makes the playoffs this year, he'll have the longest active streak in the playoffs. Wow. This year. We just saw Chase and Brandon drop out last year. Eric's just starting his run. So if Hesse's in the sixth spot, he'll be like the you know, longest running successful team in the league. So there's something for you to aim for Jess. But. That is something to play for, to hang your hat on, go for it. So we can talk about it. We'll give you a little spotlight. Proud of you for making it happen. Uh, but again, think about it. All bucks or all purple shirts. It could be fun. I love that. That's the like best advice we have for Hesse just to have like a, a fun lineup. Like we know. It's <laughs> so we just have to like, uh, just do all your bucks. Yep. Let's move on to our number five team who was number one in our power rankings for a long time last year. Mm-hmm. That Smith Ben 08 brings back pretty much the same team. I just think we have maybe some teams definitely have made moves to be better in the offseason. So that's where Ben kind of falls a little bit. And then also guys like Devonta Smith and Devin Singletary are a little lower, I think, now in what we think they're going to produce this year just because of things that the Eagles and Bills did in real life in the offseason. But Ben still got Jonathan Taylor, the either the one or two running back this year, depending on who you ask. Alvin Kamara, who seems like is now not going to be suspended, at least this year. Uh, Cooper Cup, TJ Moore, who I love. Cole Clement, who you love. So he's got solid pieces. Uh, he can interchange Tom Brady, Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff. And Tom Brady's obviously the best of them, but if he – misses some time or something happens with that 
offense, he's got at least capable fantasy backups. So I don't foresee Ben necessarily falling out of the playoffs. He can also withstand some injuries because he's got Rashad Penny, who probably is a starter for a little while. Uh, you know, we'll see how healthy he stays. But uh, he's also got Nathan Hines, so he's got the, the handcuff, I think, for Jonathan Taylor. He's got some promising, like, rookie guys that could hit later on in the season if he has late-season injuries. So just, again, now we're getting to the groups that have high-end talent and a little more depth to work with throughout the season. Yeah, I think now that we're talking, it's talk, you know, starting with Ben and as we go up to number one, you're going to find these teams with – they could all potentially have – one the one and two, if not the one through five top running backs. I mean, we're probably not going to say Alvin Kamara is going to be a number one or two in the when the season's said and done. But it's Alvin Kamara. You never know what could happen with that Saints offense. He could eat up tons of targets, carries, catches all day long. Uh, ben will go down is probably one of the best trades that he ever made, getting Cooper Cup out of a drunk, wetted gooch. Uh, that's always something he can hang his hat on and have on his team. I'm not a DJ Moore guy. I know you are. Maybe Baker Mayfield gives him some more touchdowns this year. Uh, and then you, you do make a good point. I expect to see Rashad Penny in that flex spot to start the year. Uh, good depth. Fun guys. Did you hear that Calvin Ridley was the target of some Atlanta gangs? Yeah. They were going to rob his house along with some other like Atlanta celebrities. That's crazy. Yeah. He's like been targeted as it's just he's just he's just not in a good spot right now. We'll no, poor Calvin Ridley has had like the weirdest stories in the past two years <laughs> rounding him like that I've ever heard for like an NFL player. Yeah. And I mean, really right now, I mean Wandell Robinson, Jameson Williams next year, uh, you know, Velas Jones when he's finally in his 30th <laughs> season or 30th age season. But yeah, really, you know. I didn't even, you know, now that these rosters are so big, you kind of forget to do that secondary scroll to go all the way down there. But I didn't, I forgot that he got Jameson Williams waiting last year. Wandale seems to be impressing really good. Uh, maybe me, Cole, can average 9 to 10 to 11 points this year finally. Doubt it, but maybe. Uh, so really, tons of options here for Ben. Uh, yeah. I guess that you you kind of you hit all the good points. Uh, we'll see what he does with quarterback week in and week out. Hopefully, Trevor Lawrence can be his future. Uh, and that's uh, that's about it, I guess. Yeah, no, you got a second next year, so still gonna have an end of and a first in twenty four. So Ben's done a good job of getting players, getting young players, staying within the drafts every year. Uh, he's just not the most attentive manager. So keep your eye out, Ben, because there's trades coming your way. Yeah, just at least reject them, Ben. That's all we ask. Yeah, that's, that's really all we can ask for is at least reject All right, let's move on to our number four, Wade, Gus T.T. Showbiz, Gee Buttersnaps, someone who's really – you know, turned his team around as of late and has some big names on the team. Most of all, Josh Allen, consensus quarterback one and just like 30 points a game easily. He's got Nick Chubb. He's got a contested player in CeeDee Lamb, but someone that should produce this year, Tyreek Hill. 
uh, Elijah Mitchell and Jalen Waddle are good young guys who may have injury concerns. So that could really hamper Wade this year, but you know, going down the list, he's got the depth with Mike Williams as an option. He's got Cordero Patterson and Kenyon Drake as like veteran running backs in case he doesn't have Elijah. Uh, Michael Gallup, when he comes back, Kadarius Tony is a big like breakout candidate this year. He's good at tight end between Dalton Schultz and TJ Hawkinson. So Wade's team is solid. Didn't even mention Clyde, who yeah, has disappointed in his two years in the league, but is on the Chiefs. And if he kind of gets a stranglehold on the job eventually at some point, or like finally, I mean, then he could be something. So I like Wade's team. I think he really could compete, mostly because of Josh Allen. But if if Tyreek hits his ceiling, if Mike Williams hits his ceiling, if CD hits his ceiling, then Wade's got a good wide receiver cord core. Yeah, but you, I think you want to take a maybe a step back there. A lot of ifs came out of your mouth just then, and I've never said if in my life. Wade, if you're listening. You should have taken those three first for CD Lamb. I'm telling you this right now. I hate to say it because I'm going to reap some of those negatives with Dak, but this is just not going to be good for CD. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You should have taken those picks for him. I think Kareem Hunt starts to take over a little bit more for Nick, Nick Chubb this year, but love Josh Allen. What's he going to – does he play Tyreek and Jalen Waddle? Apparently, Jalen Waddle's had some weird undisclosed injury for the past month, kind of like Najee, I guess. Freaking sneaky guys over there. <laughs> but agreed, Mike Williams, huge depth there, could maybe supplant Keenan Allen as that 1B, you know, barring injuries. I expect Hawkinson to get out of that lineup and for him to play Dalton Schultz most of this year. And then again, we're kind of talking the same thing where Wade's got maybe Sky Moore is a rookie that could be something. Alec Pierce is getting a lot of buzz. Does he become the Indianapolis? Does he become the Colts number two? Kadarius Tony's in line for hopefully some kind of breakout, if not, you know, some good viable fantasy weeks. Gallup avoided the pup. He comes back hopefully within the first four or five weeks. Uh, so yeah. This is what I was saying. Like these teams now, we're in the point where we can, you can make the case for really any of them shuffling around in these spots, but they're just really good up and down with the depth, with the young guys, and in the picks in the future. I mean, Wade's got four seconds next year and a first. So let's just say Wade does what he did last year, you know, makes the playoffs is really good. Everyone, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's, you know, and then he goes in the next year going with another round of picks. You know, Wade's set up for a long time. I do, I do believe that Clyde was is not going to really produce to the point that he he wants or needs him to. But maybe he doesn't even need him to. Yeah, you know, can't really talk much about. And and, and you know, he's got Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. I'm not a Hurts guy, but with the rushing. Kenyon Drake just signed. He's got a little bit there. Don't know who Kyron Williams or Keontae Ingram are. Mechie next year. Hopefully comes back from leukemia. Yeah, freaking Wade. Old G Buttersnaps. Looking good. Looking sensual. 
All right, now let's move on to our, our top three. And I think this is another kind of like, for me, it was another break in uh, like talent and, and the team construction. So I would say that our champion this year is probably coming out of this group. I don't know if any of the others four through 12 can surprise. I mean, crazier things have happened, but mm-hmm. I, I do think that these are the, the best three this season, at least right now. So let's start with our number three team. That was Gooch, who has made a bunch of big moves this year, uh, this offseason, I should say, the biggest one being acquiring Javante Williams. So your opinion of Chase's team probably hinges on what you think of Javante. And as I mentioned on this episode, he's going to be the overall running back one. So there you go. There you go. He's also got Saquon Barkley, who I was high on or am high on. I spoke about it last week. Um, he's got depth at the running back with A.J. Dillon, Cam Akers, Chase Edmonds, like guys that are going to get volume that could have big weeks. So he'll also stay afloat uh, during the buys. I'd say that of the top three teams, Chase has the worst quarterback, but it's Matthew Stafford who's still probably top 10. So it's not like it's a major weakness of his. And then his receivers are pretty good, but again, not at the same level as these other ones. And we don't like Terry McLaurin, so that's another reason he's ranked so low. But love Keenan Allen, love Brandon Ayuk this year, especially with the connection he made with Trey Lance. Uh, he's got George Kittle, who should be a top five tight end. So all that being said, lots of talent, lots of depth, and Chase could make a push this year with, uh, again, guys kind of making uh, – or guys like Javante hitting their ceiling if that happens. Yeah, three really solid running backs, three really, you know, solid receivers, despite our Terry McLaurin hate. I, you know, Stafford was amazing last year. And if he can just continue that this year with Allen Robinson and Cup, I had, yeah, this is, I really don't know if I could find a weakness per se in Gucci's team. Uh, like and like I mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins after his suspension is up, he can probably he's probably going to get right back into that lineup. Uh, Michael Carter is being called the, I think still the starter over Brees Hall, Jalen Tolbert, Dallas rookie, Christian Watson rookie, not getting a lot of a lot of hype recently. Uh, pick wise, nothing next year really to say up for Gooch. Uh, and really, you know, only a second and 24. I like Saquon. I think we've talked about it. He's pretty much in line for a major bounce back year. Uh, I think I said that George Kittle was never going to be a top five tight end again. True, you did, you did say that. And was he, a, was he a top tight end last year? Oh, no, he was four. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so there, there you go. Well, it proved me wrong, high-speed chase. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like the move he made for Javante. You know, we have to assume that he's gonna, he got to be in line to get all the work, not the majority of it. I think there's a little bit of wonder around Cam Akers because of his kind of inefficiency and, and coming out of that Achilles. Uh, so that remains to be seen on what happens there. But really, regardless, Gucci is going to be one of those top spot guys week in, week out. Uh, very, very solid, strong team. What's crazy, though, is I'm going to beat him in week one. 
Isn't that nuts? Is that the upset of the week? Upset of the week? Well, no, 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 no. We're not getting, getting ahead of ourselves. Getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. Upset of the week. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Uh, good big year in store for Gooch after not even making the playoffs last year. So uh, you didn't make the playoffs last year. Nope. Great. Neither did this team that we have ranked at number two, Brendan, the Do Nothing Commish. Do Nothing Commish. And what's crazy is so our next two teams, our top two that we're saying are like the best rosters. You've been starting to uh, touch on it, but they also have a lot of picks coming up in the next couple of years. So I'm like, I don't know how we let that happen, but not only are they loaded now, they're stocked up for the future. And I, I hate that, honestly, but what are you going to do? Yeah. He, Brennan's got three first and 23. Uh, and then right now, you know, like I said, we could, you can make the case for any of these guys having running backs be their top. I'm really trying to put a lot of faith and, and love behind DeAndre Swift this year. We'll see what CMC can come back and do. Uh, I guess you could maybe make the case that Brendan's receivers are a little bit on the shaky side. Let me look into his bench, make sure I'm not missing anybody. Yeah, I mean, so he's got A.J. Brown and Michael Pittman, who I think, I know, you know, you and Jalen Hurts have this kind of love-hate push-pull thing, and then that connects to A.J. Brown, but he should be fine. Pittman should be fine. They're both the ones on their team. They're both talented, so they can't, like, I don't think they can bust that hard. Jerry Judy, his current wide receiver three, is the one that's, like, the question mark, but I know Brandon's hoping that Michael Thomas is back and healthy. Remains oh, the I forgot. That's, that's right. Michael yeah. Thomas still down there. Elijah Moore, you know, could be the the one instead of Garrett Wilson or, you know, they could be both one A's, so we'll see. And and as you pointed out, Elijah Moore is actually bigger than AJ Brown. Who knew? So how insane is that? <laughs> yeah, they're supposedly four inches, five inches apart on the on the tape measure, but the, Elijah Moore looks a lot bigger than AJ Brown. I I've been saying AJ Brown is is not going to be good this year. I'm going to just stick with that, uh, even though I did draft. Jalen Hurts and Sneak League, so if that's going to be the case, then bad news bears. But, yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of question marks behind Judy. I know, we, I know a lot of people hope Russell Wilson can turn him around. But he's got the, he's got the Mahomes-Kelsey stack, the all-time stack of all time. That's what I was going to say, too. Our, our top two teams have the top two stacks that we saw last year, so that's, that's the reason. Now, we've talked about it. Is this the year Kelsey falls off? That's the question. I have said no, but it could happen. Yeah. And living through it last year, you know, there was the whole thing about did the league figure out Patrick Mahomes? Because even though Kelsey and Tyreek Hill still had really good years, uh, Patrick Mahomes wasn't like uh, the top cream of the crop quarterback that we've seen in the past. I think he was still like quarterback five, which is fine. But he did have some dud weeks, actually, which was, like, brand new. So if that continues, that could be an issue for Brandon. But um, he's got Derek Carr as a backup, who people have said is, like, going to have a decent year. And uh, Deshaun after week 11. So maybe after the first couple games, if he needs him, he'll be back to form. So 
that's that's a spot to watch i think for brandon if it's like i'm usually in the business of making some pretty crazy predictions on when players are finally going to make their fall off i think i've said it about Derek henry in the past i think i might even alluded to it on kelsey but i'm not going to do that this year i I feel like they have to be good because of the the absence of tyree kill they have to rely on each other this year and i did just kind of go down and i know we've Touched on, I think we might have touched on Dobbins a little bit earlier when we went on our batty rant. Uh, but he does have Dobbins and he does have Josh Jacobs. I know Josh Jacobs is having a little bit of some, you know, bad press, if you will, or whatever. But he's still got a lot of running back depth. Not really a lot of receiving depth as no. maybe in the past. He's kind of retooled that. I would say. But he's still, you know, he's got he's still got a good team. Again, he's gonna be finally back in there. It was surprising how bad Brendan was last year. Uh, if it's a repeat, then maybe we've got some bigger issues to address with the do-nothing commission on what he's really doing out there uh, with his team and his management skills. But maybe this is the year where he's back in the in the fold to being called uh, one of the better teams. We've got him ranked as number two going into the year. Don't make us look stupid, Brandon. You did put a curse on him, though, and Brees Hall. So I did. So you might as well not even take him out of your lineup now or play him and just be disappointed. You've The curse is just swirling and marinating all over you for stealing the first overall pick from me. So good luck with that headache. Good luck. All right, let's wrap this up. Our number one team, our reigning champion, freaking Ernie. And, uh, I mean, we've talked about it. Uh, Everyone's talked about it. Big, big time depth and top level talent on this team. Pretty crazy. It is it is very crazy to think of how deep this team truly is. You could go down the list, and he's you know he's probably playing a little bit of the smoke screen game right now with uh, some weird starting lineups. But you could just go all the way down. The guy's got just players for days in all positions that will be starters on everyone's team in this league. Uh, you know, I think one thing that we we maybe need to just kind of give him credit for is Ernie was a perennial bottom feeder for at least the last three years, acquiring picks, making trades, acquiring picks. And then he put his team together through the last couple of drafts, ascended up the ladder, become became our champion, and is now starting out this year as the number one team. So he really put a plan into motion, executed it flawlessly, and, and it paid all the dividends in the world. And now he's sitting on just a, a gold mine of players to where if he really wanted to, he could probably win again this year and then kind of do it all over again, make the trades, acquire the draft picks, kind of sit there at the bottom for a year or two, and then kind of rise back up. We'll see if that's his plan or if he just wants to stay at the top. Uh, but either way, very impressive year last year. Uh, I don't really know what you can say other than he's got an insanely great team, uh, and we expect nothing but 
great things from this team going forward. I'm curious, and I'm not only curious, but I'm excited to see what lineups he rolls out there and what trades he might still do because we know he's not a he's never shies away from a good deal. And there's players going to be teams out there that are going to find a hole or two in their lineup and they're going to go crawling over to him to make those holes whole. And we know that there will probably be a boom for Earn. And uh yeah, just a really Really good team, you know. Reminds me of your old, your teams of old, where you just constantly stayed good, stayed ahead of the curve, uh, and I think just he's set up that way uh, for the few, for you know many years to come, not just this year. Oh yeah, he doesn't even need, like you said, he could, you know, bottom out again and acquire picks, whatever. Like he's got picks already. He's got two first and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seconds next year. He's got three firsts in 24, and, uh, yeah, he's fine. Has Jefferson, Chase, and Pitts, who would probably be, like, three of the top five draft picks in the startup. And, yeah, plenty of good players around him. The one thing that he did give up this offseason was Javante, so at least that happened. <laughs> at least that happened. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, we haven't even named all the guys on this team, but depth at running back, depth at quarterback, depth at receiver, depth at tight end, even like if Pitts, you know, if if we're wrong, if I'm wrong about Kyle Pitts, he can plug in Zach Ertz or Irv Smith, who Zach Ertz, I think, is going to have a really good season. And Irv Smith has like he's one of those buzzworthy names for tight ends this offseason just because of the Vikings uh, revamped offense. So yeah, they're like he could have like five injuries and still have a really good team. So I know it's gonna take you know just catching his team on one of those weeks. Like the the thing that I I think I like mentioned on the pod before, but um, Eric got a buy last year, right? He got the second buy, and if he would have played that first week, his team just you know put up one of those random duds. He scored like 60 points. Really? So he, I don't yeah. even remember that. If he would have played, he would have been out and wouldn't have won. So it was just one yeah. of those things. Like if you can catch Eric's team on the right week or if he doesn't play the right lineup, that's really the only chance you have otherwise too much. Wow. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you don't catch one of those duds in the playoffs. Like, you know, you can catch one here and there, I suppose, throughout the year. But yeah. Uh, Maybe you'll uh, get lucky and for some reason, like everyone will be on a bye week or something like that. And you'll have, you know, not you, but just a team out there will just have one of their, you know, insanely good weeks and they'll catch that win. But yeah, Earn going into the year is our top ranked uh, team in the LV Dynasty League. Uh, Much uh, deserved after the year he put out last year. Uh, and like I said, you know, in my opinion, we've got those, we've got us four down the bottom, uh, pretty solid. And I really think that middle, I really think we're, I, I think we might be going into this year where the rankings don't move too much uh, as you go around, maybe a, a flip here and there, but I just don't think we're going to see anybody climb unless there's something crazy happening. So I really, I think that's what I'm, 
I'm going to kind of go into the, this year is that there's really not a lot of questions where we're at top to bottom, bottom to top players are, and teams are in their spots. Uh, but again, it's a, it's a long, it's a long year. And maybe someone decides that maybe there is a catastrophic injury and someone just says, well, I'm going to, I'm going to change things around. Anyway, I'm rambling now. It's been like a four hour episode, right? It has been, but only like one hour of usable audio because we've been like <laughs> on calls and redoing bits and having a baby. So, oh, goodness gracious. I am, I got that hunger, dude. Right, let's get out of here. Let's eat. Let's, let's log into our Suppers by Shanique account and pick something out. But, uh, thanks everyone before we go for listening. Be excited for next week because we've got the week one preview. We're doing the matchups. We're doing oh, man. power ranks. We're doing yeah. hopes and dopes. Hopes oh, and dopes. Okay. Weekly hopes and dopes. And then everyone's favorite segment, Scum Machine, get the first of that game wrong. We get it wrong every time. It's going to be a fun pick this week. We got, or the first game of the year, we got Buffalo and, and LA. That's going to be hopefully just like a 40 to 40 game. I want so much offense. That'd be so fun, even though, oh, actually, it'll be fun because I have Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, we're all, everyone's going to, in whatever league you're in, so you've got to have some share of one of those teams. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Getting too excited for it, but you'll all hear it next week. Uh, we're excited for it, too. And uh, I think that's it. Have a good, happy Labor Day weekend with whatever you're doing. People that are in Eureka, Montana during the weekend, um, I'm jealous, but, you know, Godspeed, I, I suppose. Love yes, you, I yes. Guess. it's going to be a really fun we've got a visitor coming up uh to see us up here in the great north and we will enjoy ourselves and get ready for the very first game and next week oh it is just i can taste it i can smell it it's going to be so much fun all right guys well until then stay easy and bye request me am i supposed to just find it on my own organically i think i did let me check i haven't even been on instagram all day oh yeah i'm already following you i don't need to request you you're just ready to be followed montana mortgage loans four hours ago you think i was on this thing four hours ago <laughs> social media is poison you know this i'm a uh i'm an unplugged kind of guy
I'm I'm trying to get plugged in over here, like some sort of freaking loser. <laughs> <laughs>